How's it going, guys? Uh, do you want to bring Card Farm up here at least, or I I can? Never mind. Yeah, I invited him as a speaker. Okay, just so we have someone to ping ideas off of. Um, how's it going today, guys? Uh, we don't usually have our usual team here, or uh, we usually have a, our team and a guest here, but uh, yeah, I think I can. We can at least cover some of the general talking points on the market, I guess. Um, yeah, I, should I open up an intro about myself for once? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm M6 intern. Uh, I was picked up on top with the team here, uh, like six months ago or so. Um, yeah, I do most of the news stuff and I handle like the research and kind of keeping tabs on most stuff as possible. Uh, kind of the downside of that is I lose a lot of the nuances and particular protocols and whatnot. But it's, uh, yeah, I think that's all, uh, it, it's part of the territory, I think. You know, you can either dedicate your, you know, yourself to a zone or, or the entire uh, ecosystem. Uh, crypto ecosystem and uh, I'm definitely the latter so anyways that's just a little bit about me uh, I got into really got into crypto in like 2020 uh, since then pretty much almost two years now uh, since then I've done a hundred a hundred X with my, to my current portfolio right now uh, and that was with uh, like a 66 percent pullback from peak so um yeah i'm definitely a degen uh <laughs> so um yeah when it comes to the tech side there's there's way more uh way smarter people than than me but uh yeah i'm definitely pretty good at keeping uh you know doing what i do so anyways um yeah just my thoughts on the market. Uh, I'm personally looking for the the higher low right now. Um, I think we've what we wicked down to uh, kind of the just at the beginning of the year we wicked down to 40k, and then we bounced back up uh, to uh, 44k just a couple days later. I I consider that the last. Um, uh, lower high and so we have breached that in my opinion but I am seeing uh, other people on Twitter saying that it's more like uh, 50k should be like the last um, higher uh, last lower high my bad so a little bit of kind of uh, it, it's, it's a little bit vague I think we kind of have a, a bunch of uh, external catalysts that are driving this this leg down, but uh, right now I'm I'm certainly watching for that uh, that lower high, but I'm I'm not taking any strong bets right now, uh, both in altcoins and uh, just majors. Like I'll, I'll play I'll play it when I think stuff is oversold, but I'm I'm just taking quick trades. Um, so where do you see the um, general? market going in the next month or two February and March I guess 
So I'm a believer in the super cycle, but I think super, I think uh, when people hear that, they think uh, the super cycle is going to be like a, a continuous bull run. However, I think a super cycle is uh, this time around is going to be much a slower burn. And we're going to see Bitcoin continue to lose uh, Bitcoin dominance it is pretty much the highest play that I have right now. And we're going to see the rest of the crypto market uh, flourish. So if Bitcoin can continue to range, which is ultimately what I'm looking for right now, or just mm -hmm. continue to be bullish, um, I think the rest of the market's going to do well. But again, I think that depends on uh, equities doing fine. And uh, even within equities, it, it's the risk on assets uh, that matter, the growth stocks. So we're currently not seeing that right now. Um, we're kind of seeing some weird volatility in like the tech uh, stocks. I think Facebook is definitely the um, uh, the outlier there. They've definitely been yeah. hit the worst. Facebook has been getting hit really hard. Um, or do you want to talk about the news that you sent yesterday to the chat about Facebook and like the dip that the market cap oh. had? Okay, um, yeah, we can talk about that for a second. Let me pull that up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Google changed its privacy plans. I know this is not crypto-related, but I think this ties in somewhat well. So uh, Google changed their privacy plans going forward, uh, similar to what Apple did. Uh, and then the Apple's play wiped off, uh, yeah, $230 billion off uh, Facebook's market cap. So even on that, I don't think this one's going to be nearly as severe uh, because these price changes are probably already, these privacy changes are probably already priced in to some degree. Uh, I, we still have the, the sell the news event. So um, this news, as far as I am aware, came out post-market uh, yesterday. So um we might be seeing the the effects on uh facebook today let me just double check that on i can check that for you uh i i pretty much have everything up and ready okay. usually yeah so facebook just had another small leg down today but um yeah i don't, I don't really want to speculate on facebook and whatnot because i don't really know where they're they're at um and it's not really my domain. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of expected a little bit more volatility in the market uh, today. Because uh, I did post that in the, the market uh, in the group chat yesterday. Um, and then I think uh, we also had the kind of another external catalyst, which was the... Uh, I think there was... I, I'm a little bit out of touch here, but uh, there was been some bombing in Ukraine and Russia and people think that there's a false flag uh, possibly happening and I think that's again another external catalyst that's uh, accelerated us to this point so I I kind of hate speculating and just calling uh, catching red knives so I'm definitely not in this market uh, and I'm just waiting for their a trend to to cement and then something I could play off of 
Yeah, and then the other external catalyst, I think massive external catalyst, uh, is the Biden administration is, I think the, there's very specific diction that we have to look at within the tweet. And it was the Biden administration administration is researching crypto and possible regulatory actions it could take. Uh, with this, it's, um, Like it, the key word there is being research. I think uh, that's definitely the um, they're looking into crypto, but I, I doubt that we're going to have a decisive action uh, in the near future, like in the next uh, few months. But uh, again, I I hate speculating on on this kind type of stuff. Right, and I also heard that the um, state uh, the state governments are starting to look into it too in terms of regulations and it might be um, regulated on state by state level which could be interesting too yeah we're seeing weird um we're seeing states push for um bitcoin being an actual currency and we're also seeing states kind of push uh away from that and trying to like regulate the market so i think like uh, one of the potential Texas governors wants to um, make Bitcoin a, a, a currency, but I think that might depend more on the the federal government. <laughs> Again, I'm a DGen, so this is not really my my market right now. Um, right? Yeah. And do you think that regulation would be good for crypto in terms of like the market movements, or would that be something that would be kind of bearish? If you can sell out at the top and then cash back in at the bottom, of course, it's great. But um, I think we're going to see we're going to see what we see all the time in technology where people who don't understand it at all are going to be the ones regular uh, regulating it. So I don't have the highest hopes for these uh, regulations being a positive term, uh, positive for the market, but, um, like I, I we all kind of knew these, these were coming, uh, these regulations. So it's just kind of, you have to play them and kind of like with paying taxes, like of, of course it sucks, but like it's, it's a part of the game, right? So you have to pay, play, uh, the shitty parts of the game too, if you want to make, the uh, the multiples in the long run. Exactly. And I think, um, like, honestly, I think, like, a big part of this will be dependent on the um, SEC Ripple case. Um, that's been going on for a while. And a lot of people in, on uh, Cripple Twitter have been, like, talking about how it's kind of like a waste of time for the SEC and how they're really losing the case right now. Um, so I, I really feel like the results of that case will kind of have like a big um, influence on like other regulations regarding crypto just in, um, in general. Yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment where um, I think we all want to, we all want to root for ripple, whether you're pro XRP or not, because I think that kind of is going to be the guiding light for uh, crypto regulation 
uh, at least for the you know the the midterm, uh, not mid midterms, uh, but like just the midterm uh, horizon. Yeah, time horizon exactly. So the next couple of years, uh, I think it would play a, a devastating uh, effect on crypto if uh, Ripple lost. So uh, ultimately, we uh, it would so it's about them being a security, if I remember correctly. So ultimately, we we want them to not be a security. Yeah, um, and I think they're winning the case at the moment. But there's just one thing um, they had to prove, like. If Ripple knew um, ahead of time the the risk of a lawsuit um, from the SEC before they did their token um, fundraising, so I think that's like the next big uh, milestone that they're getting past right now in the case. But but aside from that, it seems like Ripple is doing pretty well, or the SEC is just doing a bad job. Either one. I, I I think it's more the latter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's just my personal bias, definitely. Yeah. And I also saw that Coinbase actually brought in someone from the SEC um, recently. I think this was like a, um, like a couple of days ago to uh, pretty much run their policies and uh, regulations department. Yeah, so kind of just my opinion on this. I think we're going to see Coinbase go... Like, we saw Coinbase be on the defensive with in uh, with regards to their lending service and, like, bending backwards towards the SEC. I think that was, like, a year ago now. Or, like, maybe nine months ago. Uh, it was definitely a while ago. And I think we're going to start to see... Um, a more offensive Coinbase start to... Ch- uh, take shape in the next year or so. Um, and I think with this, they're going to start lobbying. I think crypto in general is going to uh, push a lot more for lobbying. And I think particularly with uh, like with the SEC uh, person that they hired, I think they're going to try to uh, attack a lot of the current SEC rhetoric that's going on in term in regards to crypto and and just general uh, at least from what I see I see a lot of uh, hypocrisy in the SEC currently so hopefully yeah. that's kind of what um, hopefully my my speculation there is correct and that we do see more offensive uh, Coinbase in in regards to their like crypto lending services and whatnot. Uh, because I think ultimately that that also plays a big factor for Web2 companies entering uh, crypto in general. Uh, because if, if uh, Coinbase can't offer 4% APY, then we're not going to see banks... Fold. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're not going to see banks hold and then have high conviction. Or fold, I mean, sorry, fold. Okay, um, yeah. Because Vir- virtual Coinbase banking just turned can, left. <laughs> yeah, so like if Coinbase can like can um, offer these like APYs that they want to offer, then pretty much this is going to make the banks fold because like it wouldn't make sense for people to hold their cash in the uh, 
um, traditional bank where they're actually like losing money when accounting for um, inflation on a yearly basis. Yeah, yeah, that is the other uh, side of the coin on why they they went that route of not letting uh, yeah. Coinbase have their lending services. I feel like that's honestly like just to be a conspiracy theorist. I think that's the main reason. I feel like just knowing how the banks are tied to the SEC, um, I feel like they kind of see the threat and it, it would have a negative impact on the banks if the SEC allowed Coinbase to do so. Um, yeah, I think we clearly saw the relationship in 2008. So I, uh, <laughs> as much as I want that to be a conspiracy theory, I think that holds a lot of weight. A lot of, yeah. Right. Um, and then they're a public company too so I think that also has its own things um, and speaking of, of um, uh, public companies I heard that Circle went public too actually oh I didn't Cir know this they Circle went public today uh, yeah they went public today through a um, what's it called through a SPAC I think through a holding company oh I, I don't know too much about that situation right now. Um, I'm pulling up an article right now on Coinbase. Okay. Yeah, so the company behind... So, yeah, so the valuation is now at $9 billion. Um, I'll also send you the link to a CNBC article on Telegram. I wonder what's what circles market cap. I circles in the red. They've been running their business like in the red for the past year or so. Um, it's funny that they have a startup star in the red. <laughs> so. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just kind of it. So I think. They have five, $52 billion, uh, yeah, $52 billion in circulation. So, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think that might be a little overvalued right now, personally. Or it certainly makes, like, uh, decentralized stablecoins look pretty undervalued, I think. One or the other. But I, I think it's probably... Circle's probably a little overvalued right now, if I had to guess. Um, yeah. I think this, or yeah, this week we saw JP Morgan. Uh, they made an acquisition. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're their first bank in the in the metaverse. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I did guys, about that. <laughs> guys, go out there, sign up, get your savings account lined up in, in Decentraland. Uh, yeah, it's going to be big. <laughs> Um, I think that's one of the most ironic, uh, yeah, after, um, Jamie Dimon was a big hater of Bitcoin for like so long. Not even that. Why would you need a, a bank in the metaverse? <laughs> Why do you think they're doing it? If you were to, um, I think about it. I really do think the metaverse is a has the potential to be a, a 
trillion dollar uh would they say um opportunity yeah trillion dollar opportunity a year like i i like i think if you look at like the best show of this is probably like gaming assets and like how much like gaming revenue um is spent i think it's something like 80 billion annually now and i think it's done i think it's even more than that let me just look it up uh But like we see, we see kind of like digital assets, and I think gaming's the obvious, the the most obvious um, choice. And then metaverse is very akin to um, to gaming, I think. So, like with these, so I think the first iterations of the metaverse that we're going to get is going to be on something like Axie. I think Axie has. Somewhat the similar, I mean, of course, there's like Decentraland and whatnot, but like the creator economies that I'm interested in the most, I think we're going to see something on Axie or not particularly Axie, but just something like Axie, where it's going to be a massive game with already tons of users. Uh, Then they're going to have their land aspect. And then on top of that, uh, there's probably going to, there's going to be stores uh i hate being too much of a visionary but i foresee yeah. like uh with stores. the metaverse you have to though <laughs> yeah exactly so i see or i foresee like sky mavis handing out nf like having these like enterprise nfts as well i'll call them where you can open up a store inside of axie and uh Within there, with your NFT, you'll get a limited number of mints, whether it's like cosmetic mints or whether it's like upgradable mints or whatnot. Uh, And then you, the creator of the NFT, can then go and um, release your own NFTs for the community. And then I think this is one of the main value propositions for the metaverse, early stages primitive metaverses. Uh, I think right. this is one of the, the biggest value proposition that we're going to see uh, at the start. So kind of these creator economies. Um... And, you know, something that I've also seen that's being built out right now. Um, so this ties in kind of like Gucci just um, recently got into the metaverse too. But um, one of my friends that I know, he actually uh, is like a landholder in Sandbox and um, Decentraland. And he's um, trying to create a REIT where it's like they'll build like a virtual um, Saks Fifth or like a virtual Fifth Avenue and a virtual um, Rodeo Drive and then lease out mm-hmm. that store space in, in, in the metaverse to like traditional brands um, so that they can have like a central like um, shopping area to to sell their like virtual goods and things like that. So I think that's interesting where it's like people are now treating it. They're like taking the traditional world things such as REITs and now applying it to the metaverse too. Um, And then also just like one side note, um, Virtual Bacon made a video yesterday about um, the metaverse where uh, he was comparing uh, meta Facebook's meta to like sandbox and the difference between those and why meta is not actually a metaverse. I'm not sure if you saw that one. No, I didn't. Do you want to 
elaborate a little bit more just yeah uh, just so everybody knows yeah so pretty much like the and i'm trying to remember clearly but the i guess the key argument that he was trying to make is that because meta is not owned by the community and it's actually owned by a company it's not actually a metaverse so um yeah so, they, yeah, and, there, hmm? yeah there, there is that decentralized aspect that i see a lot of uh people make um where like it's a creator owned uh space is kind of what people i i kind of when it comes just personally when i talk about the metaverse i kind of let I, I push my biases to the side as much as I can because uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that say you have to have a head a VR headset for you to experience the metaverse. Um, I disagree and I, with that. I, I disagree with that too. Um, and I think a lot of people say like, oh, Twitter is the metaverse. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm kind of just taking in all the information and then recycling as best I can. Um, and then kind of adding in my, my little biases. So what was your right. original question there again? So pretty much I, um, I was just talking about how like the metaverse should be user owned. So it doesn't have to be. Yes. So there's a difference between the users and the creators. But and and also there's a difference between like user owned and um, decentralized. So even though it's user owned, it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily like fully decentralized in a sense. So um, I think in like the sandbox model where it's like people own the land, but there's still like a centralized, relatively centralized company that runs the metaverse. That's like an, an actual metaverse versus like the Facebook model where it's like Facebook owns all the lands and also owns the metaverse itself. Yeah. It's so yeah, ultimately we want to see a, company whether it's a dow or uh ultimately we want a dow right but we want to see a company with uh um as many holders as we can and it just kind of put it is uh as black and white as i can like we want to have as metaverse wants to in my opinion the metaverse should be as decentralized as possible because just like uh, like with uh, finance and whatnot, we'll have Web2 companies and uh, just bad actors trying to exploit the space for profit. Just like we will, just like we see in DeFi and NFT projects and, of course, you know, Web3, uh, Web2 companies and everything in between. So, um, right. But I think we've um, also seen that like fully decentralized um, companies and protocols don't really work well. So I feel like there's going to be somewhere in the middle where we do need to have some kind of like um, centralization. We need to have like a team behind it that has like um, has incentive to like keep building and developing it, but also growing it too. Um, while also like having certain um, governance mechanisms in place to make sure that the team is not acting in a being a bad actor in a sense. Yeah, I agree. I think the metaverse is probably going to be one of those um, projects that's going to be more 
company-like than just like a, a completely decentralized organization where it's uh, just kind of run off a token. So I do agree that there's going to be a lot of top-down leadership. Um, but I, I would still argue that if it's if done right, um, which I, I would argue like both Sandbox and, and Mana are, are doing it right, uh, in my opinion, um, it, it would still be decentralized in a, a lot of key aspects, uh, which I don't have the same conviction for if we saw Facebook enter the space. Right. And that's I agree a, with that. I agree with that. Yeah, that has to do a lot with their, uh, you know, their token being in the hands of how many holders. So they, without uh, a large, uh, too many large shareholders. So I'm like trying to trying to put this in words as best I can, but ultimately, in my opinion, uh, the metaverse is going to be a huge economy. So we want to have right. as, just like we we do with our normal finance. We want to have as little bad actors as we can, and so far, the best means that we have to do that are a decentralized organization. Until we can raise like philosopher kings, <laughs> like a work for <laughs> society. Uh, this is the the DAO is the best method that we have so far, and okay. I know it's a little sloppy at times and it's inefficient compared to companies, um, but I think ultimately it's it's something that we don't want to sacrifice for uh, speediness. Okay, so do you think there's a issue with the current land grab in the metaverse, um, just being? How, you know, like in the current world, we have a huge wealth gap and there's a lot of like um, income um, inequality and things like that going on. And it mm -hmm. seems like that will probably carry over at this point to the metaverse too when, when we're looking at places like Sandbox and like Decentraland where we have um, high network people uh, purchasing up a bunch of the land and bringing up the value of that land over time. So I was kind of just thinking about this right before the call, actually. Um, I was kind of thinking of like DeFi in general on like how I'm really bullish on DeFi, but I was kind of thinking of like this uh, Sifu Wonderland situation. And uh, I was kind of thinking like, what if instead of a so, like, when we had our conversation with Idle, uh, Idle Dow the other day, they yep. were talking about immutable contracts where they always paid when the STETH was sent to the contract from Lido, that ETH was automatically paid out to um, token holders. And I was kind of thinking, like, what if all of DeFi should be immutable where we wouldn't see... Uh, and again, like this wouldn't be, this would have to only be with uh, certain key projects, but there needs to be a lending. Uh, I think there needs to be more projects that focus on being, uh, have immutable upgrades. So um, like with the, the, the Danny situation, we kind of saw the, the horrors of uh, DeFi governance come back and bite 
the the I want to say protocol, but the the project in the ass. Uh, the last two weeks, like after their uh, Sifu was kind of found out, they had a rough time with their governance proposals, and kind of everything was getting swayed by. If you kind of how I saw it was everything was getting swayed by the last information that the voters took. So I I really believe that. Wonderland survived because of the last message Sifu put in the Discord saying that, like, we, the frogs, need to win. And then after that, when we kind of saw more stuff unfolding and kind of uh, the DCF God rage quit proposal, and then I think we saw, um, I, I this is where I get a little bit murk, muddy, but um, we saw another proposal which looked to be kind of uh, like a governance attack is what I'll call it, where the government, where the community would have voted to uh, a proposal was put through to, to move all the funds into another project, essentially kind of just dissolving wonderland and then just boosting up another project, all predicated on the vote that the wonderland was going to, uh, uh, have so ultimately like when it kind of just seeing these problems that we've seen with like Uniswap and kind of uh, how poorly they a lot of these protocols have performed uh, in due part of because there's so much innovation in the space I would argue I would I'm starting to think that will slowly move to a more inflationary token models um, where it will get put hands into the, I'm not the one who's deciding this tokenomics right now, but where, um, and what I mean by that is like, I'm, I can't be the one who uh, figures out these, how to make these projects more decentralized. But right now I have like no tokenomics at all. So we just have these contracts that go live and Uniswap just exists exists in a vacuum and the team releases it, releases it. Um, and then, yeah, we have those kind of applications with no tokens or we're going to have more inflationary tokens if we're going to combat the centralization aspect in the space. Uh, that being said, I... I don't know if we're going to have uh, no token models and inflationary token models. I'm, I'm a little bit more biased to the fact that we're going to see what we always see in uh, human nature and kind of the, there's always going to be a top 1%, whether it's in academics, uh, crypto, uh, stocks, um, whatever whatever that is, there's always going to be people who outperform. And I think with this, we're going to see eventually with time, we're going to see a lot of the same problems with web two, uh, that we're going to see in, uh, we're going to see a lot of the problem, same problems in web three that we see in web two currently. Um, and I think that's just kind of people having large shares of protocols and, um, yeah, people having too large a shares of protocols, and then uh, the ultimately the elites having 
the majority of tokens. Uh, I think this is just how the world works, ultimately. Um, mm -hmm. Like Genghis Khan was, you know, uh, in the 1%. Jeff Bezos is in the 1%. Elon Musk is in the 1%. And it's it's just how it is, you know. Uh, Michael Jordan is in the one percent, uh, yeah. And it's just kind of up for the rest of us to uh, to survive. So ultimately, I I do think we're going to see the same wealth gaps in Web three. Uh, but yeah, I think with time, it's either going to grow or we're going to fix it uh, in some means. But I'm definitely not the one to figure that out. I'm just here to, to trade coins, dog coins. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, this can this is also very much like a philosophical, economical discussion that's beyond us too, uh, just about like <laughs> yeah. what type of like wealth disparity is quote unquote acceptable and how do we you know build an economy that will encourage that or like go towards that um so yeah i feel like you know it takes like hundreds of people to kind of figure this out um but yeah that's a good point for sure i think we're itching closer to that uh to closing in the wealth gap. And I think crypto might be that, uh, that saving grace, but I, I don't know. And ultimately I think we're just, uh, human nature is too strong. Yeah. So I think that like, in my opinion, I think that, I think the, the opposite is going on right now. I think the wealth gap is getting bigger and bigger. And as we've seen through the, pandemic we've had like a k curve in the economy where it's like the poor are getting poorer and then the rich are getting um richer at the same time mm -hmm. um and then in crypto it's like it's kind of the same thing i mean i feel like crypto is definitely like minting out um a lot of millionaires but it's not really something that's like you know like becoming a millionaire and crypto is not like accessible to the mass per se. So, and I yeah. feel like once you do get to that, like, you know, millionaire status or even to the whale status, which is like multimillionaire, then like, it's pretty easy to just accumulate lots of wealth from doing lots of um, different things. So I feel like we're kind of still not really solving that issue yet but i do think that crypto is helping um helping make like financial tools more accessible to the mass yeah i agree with that um yeah i think it gets at some point it gets way too philosophical on how we can you know mitigate uh the rich and from getting too rich and then the poor from getting too poor um anyways let's maybe bring this back uh to crypto <laughs> yeah let's bring it back to crypto <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i think the last interesting thing like last uh interesting bullet point that i have or actually i'll build upon the metaverse a little bit more um just to show my bags 
RMRK, we've talked about them a couple times, but RMRK, yeah. uh, they're going to be having a land sale next month. Um, and I think this project has a lot more room to grow. Uh, me personally, this is one of the projects that I've held from eight cents, uh, ditched 20% at $28 or something. And I'm, yeah, I've, I've been on the entire ride. So, nice. uh, the, the team is definitely building, uh, stealth building, uh, has built up a lot of great applications for RMRK and, and use cases. So there, there will be a land sale next month, uh, and yeah, I think this will be a metaverse. Certainly, one of these metaverses that is is worth a gamble, you know. So I I kind of hate just buying lands and metaverse uh, for like a long term play, but I think this is going to be a, a pretty strong one. Yeah, and I think also I kind of like how they're um, just beyond the metaverse and like land are also trying to like derive value from um, NFTs too. And then also like with their technology to package NFTs within the NFT. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with that also. Yeah. So like, I guess, okay. So building all that innovation, um, seen, uh, they, re they released a partnership with like hide me VPN. I might be mess messing up the name, but they, they had a partnership with a VPN service. And with this partnership, they release um, NFTs for Hide Me VPN. And if you apply your VPN mask on your bird, uh, because the, the NFTs can wear other NFTs in the project, if you apply your mask on your bird, then you will get uh, free VPN uh, as long as your mask is on your bird and within your wallet. So... I think with this, we're going to see more use cases be built up uh, in RMRK. And RMRK is definitely the strongest players in terms of NFTs in the Polkadot ecosystem right now. If you look to um, like Crust and you look to all these, uh, cana no, not Canaria, uh, Karura and all these other parachains, they always partner with RMRK to release their NFTs. So, uh, yeah, I just personally, I think the the two hundred million dollar market cap they're fluctuating at right now, I think, is is pretty cheap when they should be closer to like a a billion. I think in the long run, uh, not even the long run, probably next couple of years or next year or so. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty strong project, but. Don't let my bias just lead you. Definitely do your own research. Yeah. We have an article on that too. If you look through our medium. Yeah. I, I get, <laughs> we put out so much stuff. I, I, I forget all the time. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And then follow the telegram too. Uh, yeah. I think follow this account and then the telegram for, for those articles. I'm six bullets. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, one last news thing I wanted to get out was like Twitter. Um, I think that it's really cool how Twitter is trying to, you know, really push uh, blockchain and crypto. So Twitter this week um, announced that they're going to start um, 
allowing people to tip uh, creators using their um, Ethereum wallet. Oh, I think that's been news. My, my days kind of mashed together, but I think that was yeah. for like two weeks or so. I think it was with yeah. their NFT. Uh, so that was the profile edition. pictures at first, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, this just... time, yeah, this time they're allowing you to use your um, Ethereum wallet to like actually send tips to people. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I heard that you like the, the fees are annoying though, or just like uh, make it not really worth it. But yeah. anyways, you're gonna have to spend like 20 bucks to tip like five bucks <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Twitter premium or whatever it is, so I don't, yeah, Twitter blue, yeah, <laughs> and especially the gas fees go up, like it might even be like $500. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or- I save up all year for pH premium, not. <laughs> not Twitter. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are they even gonna like have like uh, some kind of like L two kind of implement it? Like, do you guys know? Like, if they will like, I'm pretty no, sure. I'm not I... sure, but I doubt it. Yeah, because yeah, that will be. <laughs> I guess people will just That's use coins, right? Easily, it's a lot cheaper, yeah. I think. Is it is it cheaper? Yeah, but... BTC transaction fees. <laughs> Hold on, let me just look it up. On Lightning, it should be because I think Twitter uses Lightning, right? So, oh yeah, yeah, Lightning it should be a lot cheaper. But it's interesting to see how the Web two company Twitter is trying to really push it forward for like the whole um, crypto narrative and Web3 narrative at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty huge. And I, I think I it s- was... Go ahead. Yeah, I see a lot of adoptions happening like all over the world. Like, you know, like all these big companies like um, even, I forget, like OnlyFans, I think there was like an article that came out, you know, they will be, you know, implementing like the NFTs their profile as well yeah yep. like same with the twitter yep. so i think a lot of companies are kind of like following the twitter's kind of footsteps and like slowly like exploring you know these different areas of you know blockchains yeah. so yeah well i think ubisoft and uh ea are both uh really involved right now with uh, blockchain Mm-hmm. And trying to like implement it in their game, so yeah, definitely. I I think that's for me that's a lot less noise than uh, like OnlyFans. I think might be a little bit more noise than actually, you know, being a a great inter- uh, integration for OnlyFans. But um, yeah, I guess time will tell. I hate being a <laughs> hater all the time. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think about um, China's CBDC? Their digital coin. I don't know too much about it. So they're using it in the Olympics right now, I heard. 
Um, like right I didn't now, read right too now. much into it. Yeah, like right now. Oh, wow. If I wanted I to rug someone, I would try to get them to invest. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, I just heard about it, but I didn't look too far into it. Um, yeah, they just hate, doesn't want, you know, their citizens to buy and trade, you know, other currencies. But yeah, I, I guess, you know, they're always been bullish on blockchain technology. So um, I think it's a good news for, you know, overall. Yeah, just, you know, having and, you know, recently, like Russia, I think they, you know, acknowledge that, you know, they will be, um, yeah, like cryptocurrency as, you know, as a, you know, former currency. So, yeah, um, yeah, which is pretty big as well. Yeah. I think we saw it this week. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. So, okay, I just saw this headline over 315K of digital yuan used every day at the Olympics. So the volume is not that crazy. But what are they using it for? Like, Like to buy shit or... Um, I'm quickly reading through to see what they're using it for. I don't even know. Like, uh, yeah. So they're allowing players and stuff like that to purchase things using it. Hmm. So you can use it through your smartphone to purchase things. But I think this this could be a cool experiment. I mean, CBDCs aren't really favored by the the um, crypto space that much, um, just because it's like it's really bad. It's an oxymoron, almost. It's like it goes against the whole space in a sense. Oh, because it's not decentralized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, but at the same time, it also introduced, you know, that blockchain technology to you know a lot of the retails out there, and the, it, that right. kind of will kind of open you know people that you know it's not really like a full scam because a lot of I I still have like you know some of my friends who think that cryptocurrency is just a bunch of scams and, um, you know, there are actually, like, a lot of utilities behind it, so... Right. Um, I, I think long run, it's a bullish news, in my opinion. Yeah. Because more and more people will be, like, exposed to it. Um, and that's that will be kind of, like, big in their in a way to like learn about other currencies out there and they're like oh what the fuck is ethereum oh, okay whoa yeah uh, i agree yeah. another big trend that i saw um this week has been uh, cardano DeFi. uh cardano's like tvl growth is up uh i is don't it... even know how much it's up but it's I up thought it was super amount. slow like why are they 
don't 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 tell me, bro. DeFi <laughs> investors are super slow. Um, I, mean, I haven't used the, <laughs> the Cardano chain. Or DeFi <laughs> added investors are super slow. I mean, uh, let's see. It's up. It's up thirty percent in the last seven days. Uh, percent. Um. And it's up to $128 million TVL now. Uh, so, yeah. I don't I don't even know what's existing on there yet. Let me click and, and find out. So, Sunday Swap is eating up all the TVL. Oh, it wow. has $125 million, uh, as we speak. And pretty, pretty much everything else has nothing. Uh, Let's see. Man, Did, I, do you guys know about Ardana? Like, um, it's one of like the stable coin on Cardano. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure if they are main on mainnet yet. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, it's like one of the big, I guess, probably like the biggest project on Cardano. Um, it's a uh, stable coin slash, um, Thing. Yeah, like uh, yeah, stablecoin as like you know three arrows involved, uh, like mechanism and all the like pretty big VCs out there. Uh, oh, okay, okay, they're they're not live yet. Okay, Let's see. yeah, and then they're doing like lending and borrowing and stuff as well. So. Oh, pretty yeah. cool project. Uh, Theta is also up uh, 12% in TVL. They now have $236 million, or $235 million. So uh, close to double the size of ADA currently. Do you know what exists on their layer? Like what? Aren't they the, the streaming service? No clue. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really sure that is the streaming service. So, like, what exists? Think about this? cheese right now. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, but uh, quick question: Where are the guys today? Like, I usually don't come on, but. It was like, very they, us. like they rugged us. <laughs> I'll support you guys. Dude, Bacon dropped in for like a Get minute. A he didn't he didn't even like offer to speak or anything and then he just left. <laughs> he even said something in the, the chat and he's like, Oh, I didn't even know he said I didn't know that we were doing this right now. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably super busy today or something. Yeah, yeah I get it. It's There's times where I'm like, oh shit, it's Tuesday. <laughs> well, you know, th this is your thing, look. This is your baby. This is the <laughs> one thing I have to do a week. I don't do anything else for M6. I get paid I get paid $200,000 a year just to host his calls. <laughs> and I... See, Phil laughed. Phil's voice laughed right there. He's like, you're getting paid how much? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a pretty good deal. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I don't even... Pretty good deal. I don't even talk during half these calls anyways. 
Let's see what happens during the bear market. Like, yeah. Let's see what happens during the bear market. Yeah. <laughs> Kadeem's like, yeah. oh, you only make 200K? <clears throat> yeah. I'm like, I'm like half a mil over here. <clears throat> yeah, and he just takes the notes. I wish. <laughs> half a mil for notes. That's it. For one page yeah. of notes. No, honestly, guys, when he said. Th- when he said he was thinking about cheese earlier, when Kadeem said that, I got real hungry because I don't eat I don't eat lunch and breakfast because I'm I'm so broke. Got to save that money for the bull run. <laughs> Wait, do you do you do like innovative fasting and stuff? No, <laughs> I'm just oh. I'm I'm just poor. <laughs> but you live in you live in OC. <laughs> like me. Bro, I live in my mom's parents. My mom, <laughs> my parents' basement, bro. Oh, you're one of those, huh? Basement. Door. Yeah, I'm 37. <laughs> I've not seen the light of day in since 2020. <laughs> oh, same here, dude. Just <laughs> <laughs> so point. everyone knows these are all jokes. These are all jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If that's how they're coming across, then like I at least I'm. <laughs> that's pretty good. Less depressing, I guess. Mm. Anyway, okay. So... What, what, what are some like gaming projects that you guys are eyeing on? Obviously, there are like really big ones. Um, yeah. But what are that some are big ones? Uh, like Guild of Guardians, you know, Illuvium. Yeah, I think. You know, these are like the really big, okay, popular so you... ones, I guess. Yeah, I think Wasi Capital posted something today that looked pretty cool. Um, it's it's a guild though. Um, it's Honey Keepers, the Honey Keepers. Is uh, it guild? Yeah, I'll send it in the intern chat so you get it. What are <laughs> like the demographics? Demo- yeah, like demographics. So it has to do with. Um, Honestly, I barely know what magic is and like Treasure DAO, but it has to it relates back to Treasure DAO and um, yeah, they're going to be a, building a guild out uh, for Treasure DAO. So I, oh, I started okay. to do a little bit more DD, but I I think this is something cool. Like I, I don't know, I I sometimes like you know how like when you read a white paper and you're not even a white paper, you like read a few tweets mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this project gets it. And you don't even. <laughs> that's this is kind of how I feel. So uh, yeah, I have to do a little bit more DD on this. So I okay. didn't want to lead it, you know, in today's talk. But um, honeycomb guild. Yeah, magic has done really well, and that relates back to treasure dial. Uh, I don't hold any, and I barely know what it is. It's I don't even know what which token they have actually, which magic tokens theirs. But um, yeah, this is something that I'm watching and, and going to be uh, doing a bit more research in too. Nice. I think Krabat is like the game that's popping off right now. Really? Krabata? Yeah. The so, one Avalanche? Yeah. So um, I think like I had someone do a small um, like research report on it. Yeah, <clears throat> um, and be- like that was like two weeks ago. He said that like the cost of, like the average cost of like a crab was like five k. So like teams cost like fifteen k. 
And I think since then they've gone up to 30k, but I I haven't checked in about uh, a week or so. So oh. it might have fluctuated back down. Because like <laughs> these gaming, uh, I don't want to phrase this. These these games are just uh, degen farms essentially, uh, right. with inflationary tokens. Where like the algo. Ponzi's that we saw a lot in like May uh, last year. They're they're very similar. Where like, of course, there's like the high APYs, and if you don't know, like in in a lot of these games early on, if you jump on and if you breed, you can get uh, insanely high APYs inside these games. Um, but kind of navigating how to exit, I think, is pretty difficult. So like. With that, we have these boom and bust cycles in in these games, where mixed with the high APY and like the inflationary tokenomics, like we know that price is going to to go down, but uh, people want to capitalize on the high APY, so they have to buy the token. So token price goes up, and uh, that accelerates the demand for the characters, and then we have a boom cycle. That's what we saw with Axie. Uh, last May, so when we saw Axie go from or like AXS go from a dollar to over a hundred dollars in like two months, uh, an SLP went from like three cents to close to fifty cents in that same time frame. Uh, SLP is the the key token to pay attention to. Uh, it's there was that big massive boom. And then as soon as SLP starts to tank, like you still can capitalize on breeding APY, APYs. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's kind of the end of the Ponzi until a next uh, boom cycle occurs. So relating that back to, to Krabata, currently there's way more demand than there is supply. So you could probably buy, like, I think the return on investment right now... Um, is about 30 days. And I don't think that's with token. Uh, I think that's with the pro- token price staying stagnant too. So uh, it's, it's highly inflationary. It's a lot like uh, Axie kind of early on where it's in the massive boom phase, but uh, yeah, it's, it's probably going to peter out in the coming days. Yeah. I'm like, so sad like we missed out on this one um and i spoke to one of the delphi guys they passed on this one thinking that it's just a spin off of axie and then it did like 500x from the seed price so (laughs) yeah i mean it's just kind (laughs) of yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah like i think there's another project called pegaxie um that has like over like 300 guilds right now mm-hmm. that's involved uh, which is pretty pretty um i think like joseph from hash um he shared his like thesis regarding um you know what's gonna be like the next you know big axie or who, what's the next big axie and that um i'm kind of remember how he mentioned that you know you don't really have to like spray and pray to get into these gaming projects or uh, you know you just gotta look for you know research these 
gaming projects and to see which you know um like how many guilds they're you know accumulating and um who's kind of involved and like based on that like you can make decisions um, yeah so like, guilds um i think guilds and gamings are are go very yeah. hand in hand because uh, just like with DeFi protocols like a dex and whatnot you have to have liquidity and with right. that like a game has to have players to like kickstart the economy so um like i guess a game that's out right now yeah it's out came out yesterday is uh fancy birds and they kind of have like a wolf game kind of a uh, Ponzi uh, going on. And oh, was that the one that um, Kieran from Illuvium was chilling? I you don't remember? know about that. No. Oh, okay. Um, but fancy word. Yeah, yeah it's, that's the one. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I. I don't really have high conviction in this project lasting a long time, but there, uh, it has quite a few strong uh, guilds backing it. I think both Merit Circle and uh, YGG. But I think going back to my, my point that I was trying to make was uh, these, these games ultimately need these DAOs to uh, start their game, you know, and to kickstart their economies. So, uh, yeah, the researching the guilds uh what guilds are partnered with what games i think is really key mm -hmm. yeah i definitely agree and like more guilds the better i think like axie i think has like thousand plus guilds right now and they're uh literally like you know they're playing but um yeah like I i've been trying to like find other gaming projects where you know, they're onboarding tons and tons of guilds. So I think, so, like, after, like, 200-plus guilds, like, you should at least put something in it because you never know if they're going to blow up. Yeah. But it's, like, how many... It's, like, 200 guilds, but, like, are 100 of those guilds, like, guilds with 10 scholars? You know, like, I, I don't really know the size of uh, these allocations. What's your... But you said something. Oh, of... Well, like I'm not sure. Like all these guilds are have like you know like thousand plus. Definitely not thousand plus scholars, but um. But as long as there are you know guilds out there, um, I know they're you know continuously trying to be bigger and you know getting more scholars on board. So I think it's a good start. You know. Um, yeah, I know, like, having Mirror Circle, YGG, these really big ones. Yeah, it helps, but, like, also having those smaller guilds in there, yeah, I think that actually, like, moves more. Because uh, they, they, they're they going to hustle, you know? Like, yeah, like, I've... They're, they're already so big, you know? I've yeah, seen like, that argument a couple times. Uh, that exact argument with guilds, actually. Because, like, if you look at Marisocle and YDG, like, they're in so many deals. Like, I, I see them on, like, cap table on, like, like so many different projects right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if they have the, um, you know, like, <clears throat> like, like, I, I'm pretty sure they have the money to, like, back everything because Marisocle raised, like, 100 mil through, uh, you know, through their um, 
cup for lunch and stuff. But yeah, but will they have be able to like manage all these guys and like you know yeah it's it's a uh, because I see them on so many cap tables. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, I yeah I I see what your point there is. We're like the the smaller guilds are. Uh, yeah, I I saw a point about smaller guilds kind of driving a lot of these play to earn games, and uh, yeah, that might be an interesting dynamic that has yet to really be figured out. As like yeah. if the 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 YGG and merit circles are really offer much support in the long run, or if it's the smaller players that are key. Yeah. How how's your guild doing by the way? Pretty good. It's it's uh it's just like a lot of work. Like uh there's just so much small stuff that I have to do. Just like just with Axie, where it's like I have to like get uh set up the accounts and like send over the accounts. I'll spend like eight hours just like setting up accounts and like breeding for the day. So it's kind of hard to like scale, but as far as everything else, like I'm uh, just plugging away. I have a pretty strong team now, uh, and yeah, I'm kind of just want to get make sure that we have uh, all of our bases covered before we um, really take any big steps here soon. So we have some pretty like interesting tokenomics that we're still uh, working on. But, uh, yeah, I have pretty high hopes. Uh, we have like 100. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, no fundraising yet, too. So, uh, yeah, pretty sick. Do we get a special allocation? No. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Actually, you have to buy the tokens at a premium. <laughs> I blacklisted your account, your, your wallets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah super happy for you man like i think like um i i wish you guys can you know grow bigger and bigger and one day like i want to be one of your scholars like just like, <laughs> yeah bro fun. anytime i'll hook you up <laughs> yeah. with an axie account tonight yeah <laughs> actually we'll play axie yeah but I know I'm gonna play the shit out of Illuvium when it comes out, and Guild of Guardians. I think those two are like really fun, and maybe Ember Sword. Ember Sword looks fun too. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I feel like I'm either gonna like Parallel or, or like really like Parallel or really hate Parallel. Like I, I, uh, I don't know where I stand on it. <laughs> they have like the space kind of like future generation you know kind of theme right yeah like, but it's girl. like a card game it's like a yeah <sighs> card games suck though that's that's honestly kind of rhyme bleeding <laughs> <laughs> it's like from so pokemon you, already exists <laughs> yeah have you watched illusion's uh trailer dude i'm like a dude kieran should fucking hire me as like ambassador so I, i've been talking about illusion like to everybody, like every single day. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't but, seen Alluvium's trailer yet, but I'm gonna I'm pulling it up right now on YouTube. Dude, you should watch it. It's it's fire. 
Yeah, Illumin's got the yeah, pretty good. But yeah, you you just gotta worry about like the unlock. I think the unlock is coming around April. So yeah, and yeah, then, like if you're interested, don't buy it yet. It's gonna drop further. If you see a rise <laughs> in marketing, it's it's because their unlock is coming soon. <laughs> it's kind of exactly my thoughts around these projects and their unlocks. Like, oh sweet, like. They're, oh, they're releasing a whole bunch of new shit this month, and you go and you look at their unlock, and it's, oh, their unlock's in a week. You see Kieran, and like he's like Twitter shit posting a lot more and more. <laughs> yeah, be like like Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. funny. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely the unlock. Yeah, it's in like a month or so. So, 